This is the Going the Distance Podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got him in the top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Vanell. Alongside me is Elijah Spans. Today, we're going to be joined by a guest by the name of Cole Markey. We're going to be talking about some NBA playoff talk and get into the Oakland A's potentially moving, but that'll be later on in the episode, so stay tuned for that. Before we go ahead and get into things, make sure you check us out on all social medias. You can see it. we are at GTD underscore sports. All of our content can be found on our website, www.gtdsports.com. And you can keep up with our personal social media accounts. I'm over at, at @ryanbenell8 and Elijah is at Elijah Spans. And last but not least, subscribe to the GTD Sports newsletter for email notifications on every new podcast episode, so you don't miss out. <sighs> Finals week is done. School's done for us. Elijah, how's how's your first week of being a real adult been? Well, not yet, technically. Not yet, not yet. I still have till July until I actually graduate. But I think I took advantage of. Uh, of my one like weekend off before I had started my May semester because like I went to I went golfing twice which was fun and then I finally checked out Globe Life the new Globe Life so that was really nice even oh, though yeah. we lost well yeah but I mean, big surprise well actually the Rangers have not been doing terrible so yeah, we're close yeah. to five hundred so like that's a, yeah. that's a lot better than I thought we were gonna be but um now it was finally nice to see the ballpark I think I'm gonna go again to the ballpark and like next weekend because one of my buddies who's a big astros fan wants to come up and see the strohs play at the new at the new park so i'm sure i'm sure gonna give him, i'm gonna live a lot of shit so yeah what'd you think of it did you was it open or closed whenever you were there it was open which i really liked because i was really worried when when we had the dome when they announced that it was going to be you know open and closed that it was going to be like closed for the most part but usually they've been having a lot of night games being open because like like again like my buddy is an astros fan uh, he was talking about how like the Minute, Minute Maid Park it can open and close, but they have it open maybe once a year, which is like that sucks. That yeah. You know? Whenever we yeah. went or whenever I went to the game, uh, the Padres and Rangers game early in the year, they had it closed, which was like it was cool to see. It was like my first time being at a baseball game inside of a dome, so that was kind of neat. But at the same time, like I brought my sunglasses. I had a hat and everything. Like I was prepared for the outdoors. I was prepared to what's what's the term like brace the I don't know. It's like brace the, the elements. Yeah, the elements. Yeah, there we go. I don't know why I couldn't think of that term. But yeah, I, yeah, baseball is going well right now. But more importantly, NBA playoffs are coming up. Oh, wait, that, we'll get into that a little bit later. First, I wanted to go ahead and start off with another "Would you rather" question. So my "Would you rather" for you, Elijah, is. Would you rather this? This was inspired to me by the Oakland A's potentially moving. Don't know why this made me think of this, but would you rather never be able to attend a live sporting event again, or never be able to watch one on TV? Yeah, um, that would suck. But I'd have to go never be able to go to a live sporting event because, like, really, as much as I love going to the games and like it is like one of my favorite things to do, but like. If I never got to watch a sporting event on TV again, then I could never watch another Super Bowl or another championship game or another playoff game ever again. Okay, you know? yeah. Actually, when you put it that way, that kind of just trumps my question. Yeah, kind of. 
Yeah, because I, I was thinking of it was like my original question was going to be like about maybe like a team relocating. But I was like, well, if a team relocates, then you can like always just watch them on TV and stuff. So I was like, what if you could never watch it on TV again? I think it'd be different if like I had um, season tickets to all my favorite teams. That would make it a different question. But like I don't because I'm poor. Um, <laughs> so, like, yeah. Yeah, so I'd, I'd have to. I'll take TV. It's it's fine, I guess. I think whenever you bring up like the championship games and everything, like that would definitely be a big factor to pick the TV. But like for me personally, if I'm like just going to my team's game, like say for us, you know, we go to TCU. If it's like just TCU games that we live really local and stuff that we can go to, I would probably go to like every single game in person if I could. But of course, that's yeah. like possible. So yeah, I guess I'd have to go with TV now that I think about it. I guess like, but since you say that too, like if I could only go to the games, it definitely make because like last year being my senior year, like I think I went to one game, but it's because like I would just you know party in the day for the most part, and then just kind of be a little bit too drunk to go to the games. It should be like ah, I just put it on and we'll hang still out see it. Yeah, we'll still see. Yeah, it. I'll still see it. It's like. So, and I kind of, I kind of, I, I hate that I did that. Cause I wish I'd actually went to the games in hindsight, even like the next day. I'd be like, why the fuck did I not go to the games? Like I go here, you know, yeah, I wanted to go I, here my entire life. And I, I just skip going to the games just to get more drunk with my friends. I've, I've never had that though. Like that just college experience per se of football games and tailgating. Cause I'm in the drum line. So like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm there like five hours before every game having to rehearse and stuff like that. But last year, because of COVID, we got a break. So I got to go to a couple of the games and I was literally in the same boat. The two games I could go to, I was like, I'm not making it. I can't. I yep. can't go home. Like, yep. too it's, much. Because it, it's so easy just to be like, hey, we're having more drinks at so-and-so's house. And you're like, oh. And then most of the time, we're, the more drinks that you'd go to, it'd be at my house. So I'd be like, well, might as well just go home since people are going to be at my house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, especially um, it's like 90 degrees out. But wait, where are you going? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, and then, uh, so the question I had for you is, would you rather try to hit off Jacob DeGrom, um, try and block LeBron, or just guard LeBron, or uh, cover Julio Jones? Oh, that's tough. Wait, okay, list the options one more time, one more time. Hit off Jacob DeGrom, the best pitcher in baseball right now. Try and guard LeBron. Or try and cover Julio. Okay, so like, so I feel like hitting off of Degrom would probably be the hardest out of any of those. Like, Easily. just yeah, like based off like my lack of athleticism, you know, like hitting a baseball is probably the hardest thing in all of sports, and especially off of the best pitcher right now. So I think I'm eliminating that one. Eliminate Degrom because that would be impossible. But if I have to guard LeBron James or cover Julio, yeah. And, you, and you know, with Julio, I'll even make it a little bit easier for you. It's on a go route. So you have to guard Julio on a go route. Bro, he's dusting me like half a second. He's going to be like 50 yards past me. And, oh, dude, I don't know. You just start off in gap coverage. Gap you coverage? Don't to, you don't have to start off in press. Well, see, I would say LeBron because my reasoning for that is because the court is smaller. You know, you have less space. You have to move. But then again, he's explosive as fuck. He can just break off in one dribble and, and dunk it. So, ah. I think I would go with guard LeBron. The same reason that you chose the Mike Tyson answer a few episodes ago, because I feel like that'd be more clout. Like, 
Yeah. Even if LeBron scored on me, like, hey, I got dunked on by LeBron James, like, kind yeah. of thing. I think I would probably pick DeGrom just because, like, it'd be really cool to see it. Just because I grew up playing baseball up until high school. And I think it'd be really cool to see, like, what those guys can actually do when, you know, to see the movement on just, like, not even, like, their fastballs, you know, which would be, which would be really crazy to see. Cause, like, I, um, Oh my god, I just blanked out. But uh I, I just always wonder like what it would be like just to see the movement on on those on the on what they're throwing. Yeah, dude, I've been like I mean we talked about it last week. I've been playing a shit ton of MLB the show and just playing that game and like trying to yeah. read the, trying to read the pitches. I'm like, dude, this is impossible, man. It's so, no, it's so hard. It's so hard just in that game. So imagine that in real life. Yeah, exactly. Like coming a little, at you, a little tiny white ball coming at you at 100 miles an hour. What an ele- what an elevated uh, an, ele- an elevating fastball will do to you. Like, yeah, I don't I don't get it. Because I remember the first time I ever saw a curveball and like kid pitch, I shit my pants. Like I remember. Yeah, and kid pitch, I saw it. I looked at the dugout, and I, I literally, like, my coach, I, like, stopped. My coach was like, what? And I was like, what was that? And he was like, that's a curveball. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like, how do you do that, coach? Yeah, I, was like, that? I was like, what the fuck was that, dude? It's like, nobody told me that he was throwing, that that was allowed yet. Is this like, allowed? Like, like coach, yeah, you gotta like, check the rules, coach. I was like 13. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's, that was, like, whenever I stopped playing baseball. It's like, right when I got to kid pitch. So I played like a, a little bit kind of when I was a kid, but not not really. So I, I've never really experienced that full struggle of having to hit it and whatnot. But yeah, in recent news, before we get into playoff talk, today, literally an hour. So today is May 12th, Wednesday night. The recorded version of this is going to be live on Thursday. But today, just an hour before we started recording, the NFL released their schedule for the 2021 season. The first ever 17 game schedule. And I mean, it looks like there's going to be some good matchups already starting off the season. Buccaneers and Cowboys getting things started on Thursday night football, September 9th. Excited about that. Uh, and then another big one I'm excited for is Tom Brady making his return to New England in week four. I'm excited to see him play back at Bill Belichick. That's, I mean, I feel like Brady's going to win that one, but who knows? Maybe Mac Jones will come in, just, I don't know, be the guy. But I don't know. What do you think he'll. What do you think he'll start? I think give it a half a year, if that. Yeah, I think it'll be um, six to eight games. That's what I give him and Justin Fields both is about six to eight games they'll come in. I think Fields may even be sooner. I, I maybe. I think I think it's at least going to be a month with Fields, and Z- I think Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are going to start right away. And then, if, yeah, they have to kind of. And then we're not going to see Trey Lance until next year. Unless Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, which is – we'll probably well, Trey see Lance has been thought of, though, as like a project the whole time. Yeah. So that, that was more the plan. Well, not, not so much a project, but more so much like a bundle of potential because, you know, he really only had one solid year. But yeah. other than that, um, I mean, of course, there's Thanksgiving. We have three games on Thanksgiving. Cowboys are playing as always. Lions are playing as always. Uh, but – we have a double header now on Christmas, which I'm really happy about because normally it's only NBA's on Christmas, so that's pretty cool. Do you, do, uh, do you see who's playing on Christmas? Yeah, it's the uh, Packers against the Browns, and then the Cardinals against the Colts. So, like, decent games too. Yeah, decent games. 
Uh, one one game I'm or I guess yeah you brought it up earlier before we started recording is the Jags and Dolphins they're playing in London. Mm-hmm. That's sick, dude. I, I, is that the only London game? There's gonna be two. I forgot who the other two were. I think it's um oh the Jets are gonna be playing in London. I forget who, but Zach. So like Zach Wilson's gonna be in London for fantasy, and then but what I like about that Jags Dolphins it's gonna be. Two and Trevor Lawrence rematch. Oh yeah, that, that, that title game, that title game, that the one that Clemson won. Oh, there's another title game matchup too. Uh, the Bengals, whenever they play the Jags, it's the Bengals' only primetime matchup of the year. Thursday night football, it's Jags against Bengals. So it's going to be Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. That's another national championship rematch. That'll be fun. That'll be cool. I just hate that. How do you feel about Thursday night football? I like it. I, I've heard that it's been getting hate, you know, recently over the past couple seasons. But why? You, the way you said that makes me think that you're kind of against it. <coughs> so, just the games are always so dog shit. Um, it's the guys are always really tired when they play those Thursday night games. Um, just like because the matchups usually aren't very good, and then like. The, the state of play isn't very good because they're tired, but, like, I watch it every night, every time, because, like, you know, it's a football, it's a primetime football game. Like, yeah, it's pro football on TV. What am I going to do? I don't I don't normally go out on Thursday nights anyway, so, like, what? I'm going to sit there and I'm going to bet on it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I remember, I remember like, when the, when the Broncos and Jets played early on in the season, I was sitting there sweating it out, and I'm like, am I really, like, sitting here on the couch sweating out this dog shit game? That was one of the worst games of the year. I remember which one you're talking about, too. I watched the entire game, too. Like, the Broncos were dealing with, like, a third-string quarterback, I think. Yeah, it was, I forgot with, his name. He, like, started at White Ripien. No, no, not that. Not that time. Okay, I didn't. Um, because they, they started a wide receiver problem. later on in the year. But they started, uh, I think, Brandon Ripien that year. I think he was a uh, – I think he played for Boise State. So – but anyway, it's just kind of like I don't know. Thursday night game is like it's it's like a love and a hate with me. Like I hate it, but like I'm always gonna watch it. Yeah, that's that's why I like it is because I don't want to have to wait until Sunday every time. You know that that Thursday night game kind of holds me over until the weekend hits. So that that's why I like it. But I mean, I guess that's just like the selfish football fan in me that wants to see games all the time. But yeah, from the players' pers- or players' perspective, I could totally get why it. Thursday night games would kind of suck, but like, you remember Richard Sherman going off about it? He had like a full on rant about mm-hmm. like because he was saying like, "Oh, it's a league that says they're out for player safety, but this isn't player safety and all that." So like, players hate it. Players hate it. Makes sense. One well, just like the players hate the seventeen game schedule. Everybody hates it. So do you think it's gonna? Do you think it's gonna last? I do. I. I mean, I don't think. Like if, they, if it wasn't going to last, I don't think they would have done it, you know, because this has been a move they've been considering for years now. So, yeah, that's true. Like it wasn't just random. It was kind of like people have been like, oh, no, please don't do this. And then they fucking finally did it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, because I could see I could see them doing it this year. And if a lot of guys get hurt, like a lot of like like if a bunch of teams turn into the 49ers from last year, um then, like, this could be a situation where we just go back to 16 games. I mean, I wouldn't – well, I guess – and that's kind of a double-edged or, sword. 
Because I don't want to see players get hurt, but I don't want to see a 17-game schedule. So it's like I want it to go back, but without players having to get hurt. Or I could see, like, Andy Reid as soon as he clinches the division. Like, because he usually sits his guys week 17 when he has a playoff berth. But, like, yeah. But I I could see him benching all of his guys week 17 and week 18. Uh, yeah, I could totally see that. I could see him doing that for sure. So, like, that would be that'd be really interesting to see, like, if other coaches are going to do that too for the last yeah. two weeks. Kind of like a big fuck you to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, that actually – that's an interesting point because one of the – I was looking at the Bengals schedule because um, I'm a Bengals fan, and I was a little bit upset because we finished the year by playing three teams that were in the playoffs last year. So that's three tough games to end the year. But now that you say that, that makes me – consider like if those teams already have playoff spots locked up the Bengals may actually have an easier chance or like an easier pass to win that one but i mean i guess it's really not going to matter in the long run because i doubt the Bengals are going to be in playoff contention but it, it would just be fun to see them win a game that's all i care yeah. about what about the Cowboys schedule do you, do you see much about it no nah, i haven't fully looked into it because like i don't know like we said it only got released like an hour, an hour. ago yeah literally so like i was, I was just kind of looking at like the the main like headlines, I guess. I know they're opening up the season, which is cool. We haven't done that since uh, the Giants last won the Super Bowl in 2011. So I think almost 10 years now since we opened up the season, which is nice. Always nice to see. So last last time the Cowboys opened up the season, the Giants won the Super Bowl. You said? No, no, no. It was after the Giants won the Super Bowl. Oh, after. Okay, I was about to say. Yeah, hey, and man. we won that. I'm pretty sure we won that game too. Okay, fair enough. I was gonna say, hey, maybe that's foreshadowing. Danny Dimes, baby, going to the ship. I actually, I actually think the Giants can be really good this year. I think the Giants are gonna win the division. Like, I, I really do. Which I, I, they're my dark horse pick. Yeah, I think so. Like, Washington has slept on too, though, just because their defense is so good. I think the NFC East is gonna have a bounce back year, except for the Eagles. Yeah, Eagles are looking rough. I, I don't even think their draft really helped them that much, but. That's a discussion for another time. One of the another big thing in the NFL I wanted to cover is a little bit separate from the schedule, though. Is our boy, everybody's boy, everybody loves him. America's Tim, boy, America's boy, Tim Tebow is back in the NFL after signing a one-year contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. What are your thoughts, Elijah? Um, they're gonna sell a lot of jerseys. They are gonna sell a lot of jerseys. Not bro. even if. It doesn't matter if he makes the team or not. Um, they're going to sell a lot of jerseys. And, I mean, they might even <laughs> – I don't know. Uh, Urban wanted them. I guess apparently, like, they're neighbors or something. They live, like, two houses oh, down really? or some shit. Yeah, they're, like – they live in the same neighborhood in Jacksonville. That's pretty funny. Apparently, like, two doors down. But um, I don't know. I, I guess they've kept in touch and um, – yeah, so it's it's happening. I hope to God that we see that Tim Tebow makes the makes the Jags, and we see a Tebow to Lawrence touchdown on like a trick play or something this year. Dude, there's already odds. Like, there's already draft or not draft odds, but like betting odds posted for if Tebow will catch a touchdown from Lawrence or not. It's like plus fifteen hundred odds for yes. I'm thinking about taking it, dude. I kind of want to do it. That's worth like ten bucks. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, I'll on. throw ten. I'd throw ten bucks on that. Why not? Yeah, like Tebow's got to do something, man. There's always already been all these headlines. But yeah, you brought up Urban Meyer. I thought like that was kind of my entire reasoning for him being back in the league was do you think this would even happen if Urban Meyer wasn't the head coach? 
Like nobody else has given him no, a second chance. No, really. no, zero chance. Yeah, I think Urban Meyer just wants to relive all his glory days. Like he's probably looking for uh, mediums to bring back Aaron Hernandez from the dead. Jesus um, Christ! <laughs> he's you know, um, Dwayne Haskins is probably a quarterback that's going to be on the market again. So look for Dwayne Haskins to go back to Urban. Um, that would be a shame. You know, he's going to you know probably six first round picks to get Zeke back. Um, just anybody who played for Urban Ohio State or any Urban players in the NFL right now, just be on, just be on alert that uh, he's they're probably going to make a move to the Jags soon. Dude, I'm excited to see that just how it plays out, Urban in the NFL. I'm, I'm I really excited. am too. I've I don't I don't know if I have high hopes. I'm just excited. You know I, I, mean? I have high hopes. I, he's one of the best coaches in college football ever. So like, I have high hopes for him. Yeah, it's so hard to make that transition, though. A lot of guys don't. A lot of like Nick Saban didn't. Nick Saban you know? was terrible at it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so like it'd be it'd be really cool if he didn't, but also just to see Urban Meyer in the NFL and try. That would be. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be good TV. If it doesn't work out, then I don't think he's going to go back to college coaching at all because he said part of the reason he quit college coaching when he did is because he couldn't take the day-to-day stress and anxiety that like was constantly on him and stuff like that. Like the pressures he was always dealing with, he said it just took a toll on him. So in the NFL, as much as there is pressure, it's not like you lose a game and your entire year of work is out the window, you know, where in college you literally lose one game and your season could be done. Yeah, so. I mean the Bucks lost six last year and won it all, so like that might be better for his for his stress. Cause like apparently when that guy loses, he takes it he takes it out on himself so hard that he gets like unimaginably painful migraines. God damn. I've been told. That's like that's like a part and like it's he puts on it so hard that he gets physically ill from it. And like doctors are like telling him like that's why he left Florida because he was having headaches. And that's what part of the reason why he left Ohio State is because he kept on getting, you know. Kept on beating himself up over like losses, and it would just it would physically hurt his body. Just crazy. Yeah, that is wild, bro. Yeah, but overall, I'm I'm expecting this uh, Tim Tebow stint in the in the NFL to go kind of similar to how his uh, trial at the New York Mets did. We'll probably hear about it for the first little bit of the season, and then it'll kind of fade out. But I hope I hope he does something. I would love to see it. You know, Tebow mania part two. Well, Jags preseason games are going to be must-watch, so. <laughs> Probably, yeah, actually. I mean, shit, I want to watch Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne play. Like, how cool is that, dude? A college quarterback and running back duo together again? I feel like Yeah, but, like, there. that's definitely going to happen in regular season, so, like, you know. Well, yeah. But we don't have to wait for that. I don't know. Preseason's kind of dog shit just in general. I get what you mean now because Tebow's going to play in preseason. I, I wasn't, Tebow's, yeah. Tebow's going to play in preseason for sure. But uh, it's not a guarantee that he's going to make the team. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. But uh, yeah, hopefully Timmy Boy does it does it big. I would love to see that. That'd be hilarious. If not, he can always just go back to being an analyst, like always. So he's not bad at being an analyst. Like you know, I forgot what network he's he got it made too. That's a part of the reason why I'm so like, I was so you know surprised when. It, surprised but really like not surprised that he wanted to come back and try the nfl out again because like he's got it made with that espn job he, he does well at it too I and mean, he gets paid probably a lot of, you know a lot of money probably millions of dollars so like why oh, does definitely. he need to 
you know, and it's not like he's away from the public eye, which I guess he likes being in. So he just yeah. wanted more, more attention. I mean, you know, he's generating a lot of buzz. I'm sure every podcast sports podcast in America right now is talking about this signing, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's got us talking about his shit. Yeah, I know. Like, I just don't understand why you can't just be like, I was the greatest quarter- college quarterback of all time and just kind of, because he literally on is. He is, he is, in my opinion. I don't think it's arguable. Like, no, it's he, really in not. College, he was the goat, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that works out. But hopefully, we get to see most of him be playing in the preseason. Because I doubt, like you said, it'll actually happen in the regular season. So, do you think he'll get to wear uh, fifteen with the new number rules? Dude, I hope so. Whenever you were talking about jersey sales, all I was picturing was a Jaguars fifteen jersey. But I didn't even think about that. That's I kind of want one though. I do too. I kind of want one. If they give it, the Jaguars have cool jerseys, bro. Like they're actually kind of sick. I would it'd be a one. good meme jersey. Yeah, that would be a great meme jersey. Oh, kind of like a. I want that sitting next to my uh, Raiders Antonio Brown jersey. Did you? Do you have one of those? No, but I wish I did. Oh, okay, I was gonna say that's pretty <laughs> funny, bro. Uh, his what was it like three week stint there or something? Yeah. I don't know. He didn't make it past like preseason week two or something. Yeah. Well, speaking of Oakland, though, we're going to go ahead and jump right into talking about the Oakland Athletics are open to relocating. But first, before we get into that, we're going to take a little 10 second break and be back with our guest of this week, Cole Markey. All right, what's going on? How we doing, Cole? What's going on, fellas? How we doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. All right, so the reason I want I brought you on for Oakland is because you're a Bay Area, born and raised. So I, you're not an Oakland A's fan, though. You're a Giants fan, correct? That is right, but I root for the A's because, you know, I've got to stay loyal to the Bay. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So my first question is, like, just from your perspective – like what what does this mean to like the city and whatnot like how big of a deal is this that oakland might actually relocate again well so this is a huge problem like well one because like if you told people five years ago hey you're gonna lose all your teams in three years they'd be like oh that's like no way but yeah bullshit the warriors in 2019 go to san francisco which is still close but like it's not the same fan base. Like it's because the tickets got more expensive. So like people a lot, more, more, expensive, a lot yeah. more expensive. So people with more money, you know, are going to those games. And then the Raiders go to Vegas, right? So if the A's move, then th- there's nothing. Literally so, nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. So that I mean, that's not good for the city because like I mean, it's a loyal fan base. Like Oakland has great fans because the Warriors have been at the at the Oracle Arena where they were there for like like forty years or something like that. Even during all their dog shit years, because exactly. the years used to be pretty bad. Yeah, no, oh yeah, oh yeah, and then exactly. So they were loyal for forty years in the same building too. Oracle's been there for forever, right? Mm-hmm. And the Raiders have been there for a while too. So you lose those two teams, and then the A's who have been there for for as long. I mean, you know, I think they've been there for forty years also. I mean, even a little bit longer than that. So as long as I can remember, shit. Yeah. So if you lose every team. That's just devastating. And the fans are just going to lose their minds, you know? Yeah, because yeah. I remember, like, the Oakland Raiders fans are, like, absolutely crazy. But what were you about to say, Elijah? Yeah, I've, I've had a – one time I talked to an A's fan – 
because I had a just like an Uber driver and he was wearing his A's cap. And so I just talked to him just because I'm a Rangers fan. We're in the same division. And he was saying like um, that Oakland's just like a really, really poor city. And that's why they have all these. That's why they can't have get the funding to get, you know, these new ballparks and stadiums. That's why all these teams are leaving because like, you know, they can't really attract people with money to go to the games because like. Oakland Coliseum, I heard, you know, I haven't heard anybody say one good thing about it because it's just so dog shit. Well, because they use it for both the Raiders and the A's. Yeah, Yeah. they did for a while, but like not even that. It's just kind of like a really shitty run. I think one time it flooded, Um, like the the visiting dugout flooded. Um, It's just like, it's old. It's really old. I think it was, I think it's about 50 years old now. and Uh And it just wasn't even that great when it was built in the first place. It's not like, you know. Uh, Fenway or Wrigley where it's like you know uh, a magnum opus to baseball it's just the shitty stadium that's you know that's a, kind of an eyesore well yeah because like even the Dodgers I mean, their stadium is old as hell too but they you know they renovated recently so yeah, and you know teams are able to renovate but the A's just haven't they, they didn't or like, just, yeah, like you said down the funding and about the Raiders too remember in their last they lost their last home game to the Jaguars and fans booed them <laughs> as they're going off the field just think yeah. of, you know, so they leave, they lose to the Jaguars, who in 2019 were not good, obviously. Not at all. And, I mean, th- they're loyal. They're passionate. Like, they don't want to see their team leave. And just, you know, to have all three teams lose in three years, a span of three years, is it'd just be unbelievable. You just you, you never even think that would ha- that could happen anywhere, in any city. Even a team that's terrible, like, you wouldn't even imagine that happening. But for all three, and the Warriors are good, too. And, they're, I mean, they're doing good now, right, obviously. The Raiders were okay, you know. And then the A's are doing really good. Well, now have to um, tie for the best record in the American League. So, if they left, I mean, it's, it's, it'd be amazing. It's just, you wouldn't couldn't even fathom it, but it might happen. So yeah, because like cities like recently, I mean, the most recent one I can think of that was kind of like heartbreaking, other than the Raiders moving, was like the Rams moving from St. Louis because like St. Louis, that's all they had. Well, shit, I guess they have the Cardinals too, but and the Blues. Oh my God, yeah, I'm whatever. You know what I mean. That one just they liked like, having a football team. That one felt wrong. I don't know what it was. Well, no, I mean, they had the greatest show on turf. So that was a huge deal, obviously, in the early 2000s. And then, obviously, I mean, the last few years in St. Louis, they weren't that good. Jeff Fisher was just god-awful, but, you know. Uh, Jeff Fisher doing Jeff Fisher things. So have the have the A's said, like, any of their potential destinations? Are they going to follow uh, the Raiders, the Las Vegas? I don't think – I doubt they'll do that. I mean, they could. But, like, honestly, I don't think – I mean, the Raider fans, they're – I don't want to say, like – because, like, obviously people from Oakland didn't move to Vegas, but, like, I – because, obviously, Mark Davis also said, hey, like, if we can't have any fans at all, or, like, we can have only a limited number, then we won't have any, you know? That's what he said. That's why there were no fans in Vegas. So we don't really know, like, what the scope is going to be, like, when it is a packed house for the Raiders to know how many fans they have or, like, how, how you know, how many people they draw to the games, even though their stadium is obviously fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, the, the, I think it's the giant torch or whatever that's just like in the back or whatever that whatever that looks like. That's really cool. So, well, yeah. How far is uh how far is Vegas from Oakland? That is, I think it's like three hours or something like that. Okay, so like for so, an Oakland Raider fan to go to Las Vegas for the, a game for like a Raiders game once a week, that wouldn't be a big deal for them to travel. So I guess like, yeah. Three, three guess. hours is three hours is a decent amount of time. But, no, because when I go to Cowboys games, I see I see like Oklahoma license plates and like people coming up from Austin all the time. 
It's like yeah, I guess that's it's true. Not, they it's, probably, it's, they it's probably not, come though for like that game, like that. That's yeah. their game of the year though. Doing saying, like every weekend would kind of be exhausting. Well, I'm saying like for A's, if the A's move, it'd be different with baseball. Because part of the mm. the allure of you know going to baseball games, you can go anytime. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, yeah. people buy baseball tickets unless yeah. they're season well, ticket holders, is it's on a whim. So I mean, uh, Nevada, it's it's a little bit longer than that. It's like six, six or six and a half. Um, okay, yeah, that is a bit more. because like where I am, like Reno, Reno, Nevada, that's really close. That's like three and a half. But like Vegas, because Vegas is more south, south of Nevada, like this they're almost a Nevada. tip. Yeah, yeah, it's basically basically the tip. So it's still far, but like obviously. People, LA, LA Raider fans could go there and it'd be pretty quick, you know. Yeah. So Dude, that would be, just imagine, like, imagine the A's did go to Vegas, though. Like, Insane. imagine the beef between Oakland and Vegas. <laughs> just instantly, everybody from Oakland hates that city. Well, my, my brother calls the Raiders the Las Vegas Traders. So, I mean, yeah, fair enough. Know, I mean, the A's, yeah, I that would not be good. I, I that'd be kind of a rival, new rivalry. That would be very interesting, I'd say, you know. Yeah, dude, like, I just, I also wonder, like, you mentioned, like, the city, it's not, it's not the wealthiest city in the country, so, like, what would losing these jobs, like, you know, all the jobs stadiums create, all the, all the cash flow that it comes in from these games, you know, that puts money back in the economy, like, what, like, how devastating would that be for Oakland? Yeah, I, it's just, it's just a way to unite people, too, you know? Yeah, for real. Because everyone, like, I drive. I don't go to Oakland that much. Like even when I drive through it, like it's not the best city. Like in terms of like nice and like there's been a lot of like things happening over the summer and stuff. Like last summer too, there's like things got destroyed and stuff. So like overall, like losing just the A's in general because like they're the last team that everyone can go to. So yeah, just overall, it would not be good. Like it, it would be devastating. You're you're right. It would be devastating because th- those jobs, like you said, people can't work. And I mean the pandemic here is it's still like. People think, I mean, obviously people are getting vaccinated and stuff, but I mean, you still, you can walk around the city and people are wearing masks outside, you know, just by themselves, just like walking around. So the, like pr- things are pretty like still not shut down, but like they're still kind of con- like constricted compared to Texas. Yeah. I know California so, is one of the more strict states. Yeah. There, so stuff. you add that too. And it just, it even makes it more difficult for people. So. Yeah, dude, shit. I could not imagine if that, if that actually goes through, bro, Oakland really just needs to pull all their money together, do everything they can, build a new stadium. Like, Well, I think last year, because I think last year they were thinking about being, and the designs they had for this new stadium, like it was going to be like on the water and stuff, I think. Ooh. So that was like, the new designs, like we're going to be nice and they're going to move it a little bit, uh, you know, in a different place, obviously. But I think those, like, those designs are going to be good. So they can find the money and get yeah. a new sta- nice stadium. Then always, always pull a Texas Rangers and build a brand new stadium literally less than 50 feet away from your old yeah. one. That'd be pretty funny, but I still can't. Nobody builds stadiums like North Texas. Yeah, nobody, dude. Yeah, I still can't nobody. get over how dumb that is. But yeah, dude, that that's gonna be fucking crazy if the A's go. But now let's go. Yeah, that's and... so funny that like Oakland has been begging for a new stadium for I, pretty much since you know um, the Coliseum has been built. And then we get like a we've had you know I think the Ranger Stadium was built in the nineties like one of the younger like, stadiums yeah and then we're like fuck it's kind of hot <laughs> like ah let's build a new one <laughs> let's build let's put AC in that bitch fuck it yeah <laughs> see that's so funny but yeah all right let's let's go ahead and move on now from MLB over to some NBA because we got. 
The play-in tournament is starting on May 18th in less than a week. So by next week's episode, we will be talking about it as it's going on. But for now, uh, as of right now, actually, the play-in tournament will consist of, in the East, we have the Celtics, Hornets, Pacers, and Wizards in sequential order. Um, And of course, this is temporary. This is as we're recording it, so things are subject to change over the last three games of the season. And then in the West right now, we have the Lakers of all teams as the seventh seed in the play-in tournament, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, and the Spurs. So before we break down like kind of team by team, I want to get y'all's thoughts on the play-in tournament in general. Like, do you think this is a good format? Yeah, well, so it's interesting because obviously I think a few months ago, Mark Cuban said it was a mistake, right, to put it in, right? And then LeBron said – Whoever, whoever like designed this shit needs to be fired or whatever. Yeah, right? he said they should get fired, bro. Yeah. So, so and then everyone was like that saw that he said that, like commented it, like, oh like this shit is so dumb. But I don't know how many people actually looked at the format. So like I had to like be like, wait a second, like what is actually the format? It's so, like based on what I saw, so the seven and eight play each other, right? Mm-hmm. And then the nine and ten play each other. Mm-hmm. The seven and eight, whoever loses, though I mean whoever wins the seven and eight obviously in the playoffs, right? They're the and seven seed, yeah. The whoever loses plays again, plays the 9 of the 10. The winner of the 9 and 10 game. Yeah. yeah. And then that winner goes into the playoffs. So when you look at it that way, like you expect the 8 seed or the 7 seed to win, like have the two chances to win, they should be able to win one of those. Like that's that's the design of it. Like so it's not like horrible. And the other thing about it is like obviously in the West, like the Grizzlies and the Spurs, like the Spurs obviously are boring. Like people think are boring. So like they're not going to like want to watch maybe them or like the Grizzlies maybe. I mean, John Morant's obviously really exciting. But in the East, the Wizards are streaking, right? Wizards so, are playing I, well, even with Beal injury. Yeah. So and I think a lot of people like, because at the beginning of the season, the Wizards like we're not doing well, obviously like they're one of the worst teams. But now Westbrook's playing well. Like the Wizards are like looking pretty good. So I think more people are going to want to see Beal and Westbrook in the playoffs you know, then maybe the Pacers or something, you know, that who also might be playing in. And the Celtics lost Brown for the year. So, yeah, well, the Celtics you know, are another, like, they're kind of a big surprise to me this season. Like, you know, they got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Kimba Walker. Like, their roster is loaded. There's really no reason that they should even be in contention for the play-in tournament. They should be top five seed every season with that kind of roster. So I'm I'm really surprised with both seven seeds though. But Elijah, what what's your take on the plan? Do you think it's a good format? Um, I mean, like the players hate it, but like those everyone's gonna watch those games, and I'm pretty sure nobody really watches the last you know 15, 10, 15 games of the season of the NBA because nobody really tries. You know, like or the good teams don't really try. So like, clinched. Is, yeah, like pretty much everyone's waiting for play playoff basketball and this is a really good way to generate excitement so from a fan perspective like yeah it's super cool but like if your team's like a seventh seed and it um and it doesn't make the playoffs because it loses both the playing games like that would fucking suck yeah (laughs) if if, like the lakers actually do end up with the seventh seed to finish the season and they lose both those games that would fucking suck yeah you know but i don't think so that would be crazy if it did um just the fact that I already think it's crazy that LeBron is going to be a seventh or an eighth seed at this stage in his career. But yeah. like, I, I also still think that he's a threat to win it all still, but that's a, uh, that's still, that's other talk. But um, yeah, those, those are my thoughts. 
There's a there's a chance though that the Lakers could move up out of the play-in tournament because there's three games left and they're only one game behind the Mavericks right now. But the Mavericks, man, they got hot at the right time. They're playing yeah, fantastic right now. Yeah, that's Luca's. I mean, Luca didn't have the best night against the uh, Grizzlies, but other than that, he's been playing well. Even with Chris Stapps being kind of questionable. But yeah, my thoughts on the play-in tournament, like. I used to think it was stupid. I used to be kind of like agreeing with LeBron, like whoever designed this should be fired. This is dumb. Changes the tradition. But like, not, the more I think about it and the more like, or like after I really like understood how the format's going to work, it, it makes more sense to me. Like, especially for shorter seasons like this year where there was 10 less games and teams had less of an opportunity to, to move up and down in the standings. So this kind of gives more room for that per se. Um, and it also prevents teams from tanking. So, like, say you're already, like, you know you're going to be the nine seed, like, at best, then there's no point in trying or playing out the rest of the games, you know? Like, why not just tank and get a better pick? But now that it's expanded to the 10th seed, teams may try a little bit harder at the end of the season and, like, make that last second playoff push for it. So I think it's really good for the nine and 10 seed teams, like, teams that hang out in that area, but... For the seven and eight team seed, like you said, Elijah, that would just fucking suck if they lost and missed the yeah. playoffs because of it. So, yeah, I, I think it'll take some getting used to, but I don't think it's the end of the world. It just hopefully Are they keeping it? Hurt. Or is this just like a, a shortened season type thing? I'm pretty sure they're keeping it. Like Cole, right? I think. I'm pretty sure they're keeping it as the yeah. format. Although I won't be surprised, I think Elijah might be more right saying like it, like it could be just a rent like a one year thing. It's possible. I mean, because especially if people don't like it and it's backlash, they're going to probably take it out. I would think it's the it's the old COVID year excuse. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find anything on it. Whether or not, no, of course it pulls up NCAA tournament shit. Whatever. But yeah, so we were talking about the Lakers a little bit. I wanted to focus in on them because like. Man, no, I don't think anybody expected them to be a seventh seed or anywhere near that at this stage in the season. So I know LeBron's been hurt. He's missed the most games in his career uh, for one season. Like Anthony Davis was out for an extensive period. Like, do you think it's just injuries or what's going on with that? Um, I Yeah, it's just injuries. It was like, it's like, obviously, their team's a little, a little different because Rondo's gone. Um so JLB McGee was gone, Dwight Howard's gone. So it's a little bit different, but not, not that much different. I mean, those are just role players, veterans yeah. you could fill in. Um, and obviously LeBron was out for a while. Anthony Davis was out for a really long time. And, and they both said, LeBron said, I never, like he said, I don't think I'll ever be 100% of my career ever again. Right? He said that. Yeah. He did say that, but yeah. I mean, you can't just be He's kind true. of bullshitting there. He's, yeah, he could be. <laughs> and then Anthony Davis, like, said he's still hurting. Like he said that yesterday in the interview, his post game interview. So we, we can say, oh, the Lakers are going to be healthy in the playoffs, but, you know. Are I, they? No, I don't think they will. Uh, like, they're they're going to say they're healthy, but, like, there's, there's still going to be a little bit of lingering from um, – I think Anthony Davis had a cap injury that, that was out, had him out for a while, and then um, LeBron was obviously with the ankle. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how in the playoffs, if how, like, they gel together because LeBron's not – I mean, LeBron can, I guess, integrate with anyone, so, like, that doesn't matter. Like, I think he'll be yeah. fine. Um, but because especially as a seventh seed, if they that stays, they'll have to play probably the Suns, the Jazz, and the Clippers and Nuggets, and those three teams. I mean, that's 
that's tough. Yeah, if they stay yeah. as a seven seed right now, they would be playing the Suns in the first round, which yeah. is like, that's tough because, yeah. I, you know, I like to think, you know, I mean, I guess everybody likes to think uh, no matter how they're doing during the regular season, oh, the Lakers lost, don't worry about it. It's fucking, it's LeBron, he'll pull it together for the finals. They'll, they'll make it to the championship. Don't like, it's like people have honestly like been brushing this off as if like, don't worry, LeBron's just going to start trying whenever he feels like it kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting to the point now where it's like, holy shit, like they might not be that good. <laughs> I mean, he's done it before though. Time you're right. Time you're right. That's what I was going to say. We said I mean, the same. He's been, you know, said the same three and four seeds. Year. He's been three and four seeds and still carried his team all the way down. Yep. So, I mean, like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, the, the day will come, but like, has it? It's never really came before. So, yeah. And then, like, so if it's LeBron and AD versus, you know, the duo of CP3 and Devin Booker, I mean, who are you going to take in the playoffs in a seven game series? Be honest. 10 out of 10 times LeBron and AD. Even if, yeah. even if LeBron or AD are in 90%. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking LeBron and AD. It's just, I would take LeBron at seventy percent, honestly, just because it's LeBron. But yeah, as much as I love CP3 too, but like Devin Booker's never been to the playoffs before. He's gonna have a rude awakening if he plays a Lakers team, and that's just that's interesting you know. too. I hadn't thought about that. This would be his first playoff series. Wow. Yeah, they'd be fucked. I would take that team. I would bet. I would put two units on the Lakers every single game in that series. Like guarantee the Suns would be favored, so that'd be some good plus odds right there. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, I, I it'd be favored by a little bit. I think I don't think they'd be favored by much, to be honest. It's the Bron idea there because I mean the Lakers. I mean, That's true. Just, if they're if they're both healthy again, yeah, the sports books are going to account for that. Yep. Yeah, that well that brings me to my my another question is like the Suns, incredible regular season. You know, honestly, I don't think anybody would have predicted this back before the season began but like now that it's playoff time are the suns legit are they an actual playoff threat are they a title contender like do they belong as a two seed it's a good question and as i wrote my article a blog a few days ago the cp3 effect which uh, you guys can read if you want i think it was like may 7th or something um basically saying how whatever team cp3 is or chris paul is on just like it becomes instantly better you know playoff team right and I think I mean, they do belong because, like, they've been playing well. Chris Paul has had his leadership has been unbelievable. He's had his team, the team, that's like playing hard the whole season. I mean, and they have a good, I mean, Demo Booker's obviously been playing lights out, right? Yeah. Um, they have uh, Mikhail Bridges, who's, you know, a solid player, right? And then they had, I mean, their bench, Dario Saric, he was a starter on the Sixers a few years ago, and he's a bench player now. He's a role player now, which I think is a great, he's a great role player, right? He is Jay a great Crow- role player, yeah. Jay Crowder was on the Heat last year. He's a role player. Like, Jay Crowder, yeah. oh my God. I'm See, I'm a Heat fan, so it's like, Jay Crowder was the one guy I didn't want to lose. Yeah. He is a phenomenal role player. Oh, Jay Crowder's on the Suns now? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, yeah. He's, I didn't I, even know that. No, he's on the Suns. He's I mean, a journeyman. He's a exactly, journeyman. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Yes. So, I mean, they have a great roster. And CP3, he elevates his game. I wrote that in the article, the blog, too. He elevates his game in the playoffs, kind of like LeBron does, but obviously LeBron does it better, right? Um, So, a title contender, potentially. I think it's, I mean, if they play the Lakers in the first round, that might be, that might be trouble. Um, But, no, they belong. They certainly belong. And and Monty Williams, I, the Hornets fired him with it. So in 2015, right? He was the Hornets coach. They were the AC. They played the, or the, yeah, they played the Warriors in the first round. They lost and the Warriors won the title of the year. He had been playing hard the whole year, right? 
the Portland let him go just for some reason. I don't know why. And then he's been an assistant for a while. And then he goes to the Suns, and they're like amazing, right? So yeah. he gets no. He is so such a good coach, and he's been coaching them so well. And he, he gotta give him his credit because he's he's a great coach. So I think him coaching, he's got his players ready. He has a great roster. So I think this. The Suns are legit, and they'll be here for a while because Devin Booker is still super young. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. most of their team, other than CP3, is young. And like, yeah, like, yeah. like you, you brought up a good point with like CP3 and how he, how he like improves literally every team he's been on. But yeah, if y'all want to check out Cole's blog, that's over on www.gtdsports.com. It's uh, good stuff on that. But it's, it's actually crazy, like the stats that are behind Chris Paul's journey. Uh-huh. Like, it's, no, it's and like that's a, that's a pretty good. Um... Sorry, do we have an echo? Let's hear. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, I thought I heard one. I guess I'm hearing voices again, like Colin said <laughs> um, last week. Um, but no, that's a that's a really good observation. It's like the C three CP three effect because like I remember when he got traded in that in the rush trade last year to Oakland. I like kind of like batted my eyes. You know, I was like, oh, like CP three to OKC, like whatever. Like he's going to be irrelevant. Um, but then yeah, he took him to the playoffs. Too. Yeah, they took him to the playoffs, and he got traded once again to the Suns. And OKC's back to being terrible. Like they're supposed to be, they're back to being yeah. a rebuilding team. But they were like, they're a playoffs, and they almost won a playoff series against the Rockets, right? Last year. Yeah. So yeah. like, you know, I guess put some respect on his name because he's taken all these young teams into playoffs that have no business. You know, well, Suns finally have business being there. But like, what I'm trying to say is he's he's taken them there when they've never been there before. Yeah. Could you guys have imagined what would have happened if the Thunder, because they laid the Rockets, right? Obviously, and they took them to Game Seven. If CP3 had not only been Westbrook and Harden in that series, was that would have been so bad for their legacies? It would have been not detrimental, but like it. It would yeah. have been, yeah, it would have been a big blip on their legacies for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So it would have been huge though for CP3. Shit. Uh, yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, also not even just leading the Thunder to the playoffs last year. Like, depending on how you want to look at it. Shy Gilgis Alexander, you know, the Thunder's current star player. Without Chris Paul last season, I don't think there is an SGA. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he would be, like, blossomed into what he is this season if, if it wasn't for CP3 last year. Because SGA is one of my favorite players in the league right now. I think he's severely underrated. It's just he's on a dog shit team right now. He has nobody around him to help him. So it's like teams are going to single him out, double team him, stuff like that. So. But yeah, Chris Paul, man, shit. That's I, I kind of want to see the Suns. I want to see the Suns do well. Like I would be happy to see them go far. It's just I don't want them to beat the Lakers because I want LeBron to get a ring. <laughs> that's where I'm at. <sighs> what what about the Elijah? You're a Mavs fan, right? Yeah. How are you feeling um, about their chances as a six seed? Um, I hope they win a series. <laughs> But that's about it. Um, I, I, if uh, right now what we're looking at, we're a six three six seed facing off against uh, the three seed LA Clippers, and if we beat the LA Clippers in a seven game series after losing to them last series, and all the Clippers fans were talking shit, that'd be awesome. But that's oh, that's really it. I'm not I'm not hoping for much. I'm not holding my breath for a for a Mavs deep playoff run this year. Yeah, fair enough. Especially if you know Chris Tapps can't fucking play, dude. Yeah, it, I mean, like, go ahead. His his body just gives out, you know. Yeah, he's, it's he's like he has a timer. Crazy. 
It's too skinny, too lanky, bro. We need some meat on those bones. It's like, what's that scene from SpongeBob where it's like that dude comes out of his house and he's like just all casted up and he's like, my skin is paper and my glass are, or my bones are made of glass. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's Chris Dapps. That's what I imagine. Yeah. But uh, you know, another news, uh, my Miami heat, ha, we clinched a playoff spot last night. They beat the Celtics twice in a row, locked up the four seed at minimum. So right now the heat are projected to play either the Hawks or the Knicks, which I am I'm very happy for either, either option. I'm kind of scared to play the Knicks though. Because the Knicks are low key cold. That's that's that's. Let's talk about the Knicks. Actually, where the fuck did they come from? Is it just Julius Randle and him going off? Um, I, it's not the main reason, but I think Tom Thibodeau deserves enormous credit because he said, I mean, you know, on the Bulls, uh, they were they were conference finals basically every year when Derrick Rose was the MVP and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and they, I think if I'm not mistaken, the Knicks have the best like they allow the least points per game in the league. I so, believe that they have low-scoring games a lot. Yeah, and you got Randall, you got Barrett. Uh, I mean, they they play hard. That's it's amazing how hustle in the NBA does so much. You know, for your team, like it's it actually it's insane. It's so unappreciated, but like yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you look know? at it like the Miami Heat last year. They were not a finals team, like in any category, but they had like a culture. They played together. They played hard, like, and they they beat up better teams, like. It is crazy too, and like the Knicks, they also have who's their youngster, Emmanuel Quickly, right? He's yep. pretty good too. Yeah, so like it's weird too that like these teams, like the Knicks and the Suns, have even just gone from like two years ago. I couldn't have been able to name like more than one player on their roster because they were that bad. But now it's like holy shit, where did they come from? Kind of thing. Like it, it's it's really cool to see though. Yeah, I mean, were people dogging on that Julius Randle sign, signing because they signed him to like an exorbitant amount of money too? Yeah, now it's definitely paying off at this at this point. People were saying he was like a, I mean, I don't think he is, but they were saying top five MVP candidate. He's, I mean, he's definitely top ten for sure because he's been playing out of his mind so the whole season. So I mean, it's been consistent. So yeah, no, he he's definitely a star player and he's been playing really well. So. He's, I mean, he's the reason the Knicks are doing so well with Thibodeau. But, no, the, the whole roster is good. So. Uh, yeah, Steven, I don't know if I would say top five, but, yeah, top ten MVP candidate probably for Randall. I could see. So, How uh, long yeah. do you think the Knicks are going to be till the Knicks are, like, an actual uh, finals contender or, like, a championship no, contender? No, I, no. The pro, just because, I mean, we expect – I mean, I expect the, the Nets to win the whole thing if all three are healthy, Harden, Kyrie, and KD, yeah, right? Yeah, I do too. Um, but uh, – but how long until the Knicks are there? Like two, four years? Yeah, because well, so the really important part about this season for them was now their draw. Because New York, because KD and Kyrie, they want to go to the Nets, not the Knicks, for certain reasons, right? And yeah. if they if they play this well, the Knicks did, and they like they do what make the playoffs and do well, the stars are going to want to come to New York and play for the Knicks if they're playing this well. So that's the draw. If they can get a few star players, I mean, that's. That's the whole point, like, because New York's a great market for, mm-hmm. I mean, just sports huge in general. Market. Yeah, it's huge, one of the biggest ones, maybe the biggest one in. Probably, I think it is them in LA, probably. Up. So that's the whole point. I mean, they play this hard, and they draw like the, the stars. Oh, they'll be they'll be there in a few years if they can get one or two star. I mean, probably just two star players, you know. So that's that's the really good part for them this year is that they're play, they're playing with house money, right? Because no one expects them to like win that much, even though they're re- doing really well. 
and they get the they tell like people like the players in the NBA, the top players, hey, we're here, we're good, we just need a few more key pieces, and we'll be good. So if they can do that and get, you know, I think um, Kawhi, I think he signed his the next year his fifth year option, so he's a free agent soon. Um, and there's a few free agents that I think may want to go to New York. So that that'll be an interesting thing to watch um, this summer when um, free agency happens. So. Yeah, that, that's a good point because, like, New York, of course, used to always be one of, like, the main free agency destinations. Like, even this past couple of years, KD and Kyrie were considering the Knicks. Like, there were rumors that they were going to be going to the Knicks, but they didn't have any reason. They didn't have any draw. Yeah, so, like, it is going to be interesting to see the Knicks, like, back as one of the big dogs in the NBA again, kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see that happen. Yeah, it's I funny will... that they chose the Nets too, because all the reasons why they it seemed like they chose the Nets, you know, whether it had been like the coach that was there at the time or like the young core that they had is all gone now because they they fired the head coach and they brought in Steve Nash and then they traded away pretty much all that young core that made them appealing to go to in the first place. So I think that's kind of funny, but I mean, like Cole said, like um, that's your pick to win to win it all right now. The Nets, uh, I mean, 100%. Because, I mean, that, it's got to be crazy because the three of them haven't played all together. Like, they've, they've played barely any games together, all three. Um, but Harden, Katie, and, Kyrie, and uh, Kyrie, obviously. But it'll be interesting to see because, you know, Doc Rivers has the Sixers playing. Has He figured out how to, like, use Joel Embiid correctly. So it'll be interesting to see how the Sixers play because Ben Simmons, obviously, a defense player of the year candidate. And then um, the Bucks too. Uh Nobody's really said, talking about the Bucks. They said if Budenholzer doesn't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, he's gone. Really? Yeah, they said that. Uh, like wow. there's, a, there's a report, but so yeah, because they got they brought in PJ Tucker, they traded for him, and he's obviously he was good for the Rockets um, as their center, even though he was six five. But that was just, so, you know. Yeah, their small um, ball lineup. They tra- the Drew Holiday trade. Drew Holiday's playing pretty well. Um, that, even though they gave, they gave a lot, but I think that was a good trade. Was, I think it was a good pickup for him. Um, Giannis is still playing well. For some reason, they're still leaving Giannis way too much space to shoot threes, and he's like, he's still he ma- he's making them if they're giving him that much space. So, and then Middleton's playing well. So um, it'll be those three: the Bucks, the Nets, and the um, Sixers. Be interesting to see because two of them are going to play. One of them they're going to play each other. One of those teams, or two of those teams in the semifinal, the conference semifinal. So, you know. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, unfolds in the East, but I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a dogfight in the West, and it's gonna be those three teams in the East. I think are gonna be uh, make, be making some noise. So it'll be uh, good to see to see uh, what happens. SMH Cole, those three teams. You know who we forgot? The Miami oh, Heat, baby. Don't really. ever count us out, okay? Is uh, is LeBron on the team, uh, Ryan? <laughs> Was LeBron on the team last year, Cole? No, and we made it to the finals. You never know. I'm just saying that he. Uh, no, I think uh, I think you need uh, Myers Leonard to be on the team for that to happen. So, uh. God, yeah. What a guy! What a guy! Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. He's like blackballed from the league now, dude. Yeah, he's like completely. Did he end up getting cut? Because I know he got traded. Yeah, yeah, he got cut like immediately yep. after he got traded. Yeah, so he's probably not going to be in the league anymore. Probably not. See, that sucks. I mean, like, shame on him for doing that. But, like, still, that that sucks, like, how instant that stuff is. Like, it's crazy. But yeah, I. so are you guys both going with the Nets to win it all? 
At this point, yeah, with a with the unhealthy Lakers team, and you know, um, I don't really have much faith for the Jazz to win a seven game series against one of those teams. I don't either. I don't have much faith in Phoenix to go all the way because they're still young. Um, and then the Clippers, uh, Paul George, playoff P is going to show up once again. So like, no, I I really don't have a whole lot of faith in too many of those teams in the West to beat a Nets team in a seven game series. And for some reason, Blake Griffin like just became really good again. Yeah, as a as a role player, if you saw that, he's cold, um, bro. He's his, cold. Bounce, his bounce is back. Um, some of those memes were really funny about um, him. So I mean, the fact that like, he's a, he's a role player, like he's playing that well. Like he's, I think he's like he's shooting threes pretty good, and like he's he's just doing playing good in general. So those four um, with um, uh, Joe Harris, I mean, and who's. Also, Joe called. He, I mean, he, his his three point percentage is very good. He's a strapper. So yeah, he is. Scooter. So, I, yeah, the Nets they're looking pretty good. If if I think Harden actually is returning tonight or um, tomorrow, whenever they play, they play the they play today or tomorrow. Um, or actually they're playing right now, but I think I think he's playing, so he's back from his injury. Um, so yeah, I'll, the Nets though. I'm. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Like I don't. I don't want to pick the Nets. Like, I don't want to pick the super team with all three stars. Like, I really just don't want to. And for that reason, I'm going to pick the Lakers because I just, I, I am, even though I kind of shit talk to the people that brush it off their shoulder, like, oh, LeBron will he'll bring it together. That's what I think is going to happen somehow, some way. I think LeBron's going to pull his team together and they're going to make the finals. And, uh, it's it's mostly I just because I don't want to admit the Nets could win. But what do I, do? I love how the the NBA is in the states where not picking the super team is picking the Lakers right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but I, I will. Yeah, watching a seventh seed Lakers go in and win it all the way would be pretty cool, and it definitely added LeBron's legacy. But I mean, you know, and just because you know I'm picking the Nets doesn't mean I'm rooting for them. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Fair enough. Um, if yeah, so, if the Lakers, if they beat the Suns, the Jazz, let's say the Clippers, and then they beat the Nets in the finals, and and LeBron plays like really well, the good conversation uh, might might need to be uh, relooked at, and it's it's going to be interesting. I'll, that's going to be the whole summer. It's just going to be talking about the goat conversation. I feel like if that if the Lakers win, so I think if the Lakers them. win, I think the goat. I mean, I'm I've always been on uh, LeBron's side of the goat debate. But I think if the Lakers win, that that solidifies it in my opinion. Like he really only needs one more, one more ring, and especially if he beats a Nets team with all three of those as a seven seed. Like, come on. Like, yeah, it gets a lot more interesting if if they if he pulls this one out. Yeah, that would be cool to see. So, all right. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Cole, and dropping some NBA knowledge on us. Always good talk, and uh, maybe we can do something again uh, during the playoffs. Maybe at the end of playoffs, and see how things pan out. Yeah, you name, you name a sport, I I probably can talk about it. So, I'll, uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks for like having us, Elijah and uh, Ryan. Appreciate it. All right, bro. Yeah, we'll see you later. And uh, everybody can uh, check out on our website. Cole has a few blogs up, good stuff. Check out some of his work over at gtdsports.com. So, yeah, always good talking to you, man. See you later. Appreciate it. Uh, All right, we're back. And as soon as we get back, I see... 
three comments that I just I don't even want to acknowledge. We have three MJ the goat six and zero didn't lose six times like Lafraud. All right, I, I don't want to get into the goat debate, but I mean it's almost like Michael Jordan has never won a playoff series without Scottie Pippen. That's crazy. That's that's so crazy. It's almost like he, he could Pippen. never he could never beat the bad boy Pistons. That's crazy, bro. That that's crazy. Like it's it's whatever you know. But we don't have to get into it. But anyway, that's that's my take. LeBron's the go. But all right, moving on now. Last weekend we had really close to us actually. This this happened in Arlington uh, at Cowboy Stadium. Canelo Alvarez just got another fat victory with an eighth round TKO victory over Saunders. And uh, yeah, what, what do you think about the fight? Did you watch the boxing match? Yeah, I did. It was. Um, it's- it felt really good to watch it because it's the first actual boxing match I think that I've watched since um, McGregor Mayweather a couple of years ago. So like it was really refreshing to see like good boxing because the last couple of boxing matches were like six-year-old Mike Tyson and you know Jake Paul. So like <laughs> yeah, uh, that was nice. Um, Canelo's a freak. Uh, boxing is a form of art. It isn't a sport. Dude, that's um, crazy. Yeah, uh, the, the the technicalities and what goes in and the, the way Canelo just moves his head and moves in the ring and moves his feet and just everything else, dude, it's it's unreal. Well, yeah, there's like videos of him like it's like side by side videos of him in the training or like in the in the gym with the training dummies and stuff. He's like moving around like this, like tap, tap, moving around, tap, tap. And then like it like cuts just to him in the middle of a fight doing like the exact same movements like weave 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 like it's so crazy how close people's punches get to canelo's face without ever actually touching him like yeah i think he's like 55 and one now and the one loss he ever had was against mayweather and he was young then and he was you know some boxing experts have said he was too young to take that fight and if he took it maybe a year or two later he could have maybe even had mayweather but i don't know um but he he's he's the greatest boxer in professional boxing right now, and that's oh, without that's a doubt. Yeah, unda- yeah, that's like 100%. you said. You said you haven't watched real boxing other than like Mayweather and you know, or I guess Jake Paul and McGregor and those guys. Um, yeah, I think the only time I'll ever really watch like boxing is whenever it's a Canelo fight, like just because Canelo he's he's a spectacle in of himself. Like he's just so fascinating and. Uh, he's it's just the way he fights his style is just so like i get lost in it watching it yeah um <laughs> one thing because one of my i watched with one of my friends and i was like yeah man mexican kids at my high school just go crazy for him they're like why and i was like oh because he's mexican and he goes no he's not and i'm like dude yes he is and then all of a sudden the post fight the dude doesn't even i'm pretty sure canelo doesn't even really speak english and so he did the post-fight interview in spanish and he goes holy shit like he speaks fluid spanish but no like the whole country has that guy's back which is you know something yeah, another thing sure. that i just love about the guy um but no and it was a really good fight to see he showed out um some people said that saunders may have could have continued but i don't know it said that he broke his orbital bone and he couldn't Ooh. even open up his eye so That's it was bad. the orbital bone, but it was, but it was a good fight. There was about 76,000 people at AT&T stadium. So that was cool. Um, Texas is back, I guess. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> back. Jesus, bro. Yeah. 76,000. That's crazy. That's probably, that's gotta have been the most people at a sporting event in a while. Yeah. I think on record, it was like the, 
third or fourth highest ever for attendance at a boxing match in general. Damn, and it was like, and like it was kind of at the end of the pandemic. Well, not end, but you know the downfall ish. Whatever we're you on the say. we're on the backside. Yeah, we're on the we're on the back nine. But one one thing I think of when I think of Canelo though is like you mentioned he's fifty five and one. He almost or not almost, but his only loss is to Mayweather. So like, where does Canelo rank all time in the goat discussion? Because I mean, I'm I'm not a boxing you know expert in any way, shape, fashion, or form. But like, I recognize greatness when I see it, and Canelo is is undoubtedly great. So it's like. I can't think of anybody other than Muhammad Ali, of course, Floyd Mayweather, Mike Tyson, and Canelo Alvarez. Like, other than those four, is there anybody else in the discussion? I mean, Sugar, he's probably not. Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray. I mean, I'm, he's probably not on the Mount Rushmore. And it's also because of the era that he's in in boxing, because all the greatest fighters and all the best fighters are in the UFC right now. Yeah, he has no um, competition, like, ever. And, and like. he's just and he's just fully dominant. And that's another reason why he's fully dominant. He's because the, the competition is kind of watered down. But, I mean, domination is domination when you see it. Because, I mean, after the fight, he put on all the belts that he had, which is about six or seven, and you couldn't even see it. And he's not a very, you know, big guy, you know. He's got so, short, yeah. And you see, and he's just covered in like six or seven different belts because he took a belt from uh, from Saunders too. And it was, I don't, it was just really funny to see him just like literally, he's spread eagle out right here, and he's got just completely covered in these giant ass boxing belts. Um, Oh, and all these championship belts. So yeah, pull up a picture. It's hilarious. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for I'm just looking at how many he has right now. Yeah. Um and the whole time he's like sitting there like fuck yeah, like I'm the best. And I, it was it was just a it was a good spectacle to see. So he won the super middleweight last night, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or not last night, but over the weekend. Saturday. The super middleweight. So it says, so he had, this is the Wikipedia, of course. It says he has won multiple world championships in four weight classes, light middleweight, light heavyweight, and also unified titles in super middleweight. And then, I don't know. It's, I don't know, a bunch of titles, okay? <laughs> That's all you need to know. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if somebody that UFC held four titles at once. can Weight divisions are much different, though. So yeah, like much different. And I'm pretty sure he's got one for like the WBO and the WBC and like all that shit. So I will, that that's one thing about boxing is like it's, it's hard to keep we, up with. Yeah, and we've talked about this before and why UFC is just dominating boxing. Yeah, right now, and that's that's part of the reason. But um, I think it's I don't know. Do you think? They, wait, what? Do you think Canelo ever make his way over to UFC, or do you think he's he's I don't think so. I, I think if he if Canelo was to get taken down like on the ground, like say Khabib and Canelo are fighting, if it's a stand up fight, Canelo if, would win. But if it goes to the ground in any way, Khabib is gonna dominate him. Yeah, and Khabib could probably take him to the ground easily. Yeah, well Khabib can take anybody to the ground, dude. He's yeah, well yeah. He's next level. But Canelo's never tried to get somebody to not take him to the ground or yeah. not try to get you know, so I don't know, but it it sucks seeing you know one of the greatest fighters of probably our generation, me and you generation, um, kind of have an asterisk next to his name just because he's fighting in a watered down competition. 
Yeah, like literally every fight he has, I, I swear, I see the odds for him are like minus 500, minus 600, like huge odds to win the fights. Like it's, yeah, he's a lock every time. But and the I mean, only other, this fight, like the though, only other fighter that I've known him fight in the last like couple years is Triple G, you know. Well, Triple G is also a big name, yeah. Yeah, and that, but that's it. And he, I'm pretty sure he beat Triple G. He did. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he beat Triple G. So, like, I don't know. I remember, like, I was at the Rangers game the day before because I didn't even know he was fighting until, like, the day before. And I saw, you know, because you can see from AT&T, um, or you can see AT&T from Globe Life, and I just saw, like, big Canelo, like, oh, Canelo's fighting. And I was like, who the fuck is Saunders? Yeah, I had honestly you know, heard Saunders beforehand. Like, it, I mean, I guess – I can't really talk because I haven't heard of like half the boxers Canelo fights until Canelo takes them on. So, yeah, it's I, – I don't know. It's I'm curious though because like Mayweather, of course, is, you know, undefeated. He's the GOAT. But like that makes me curious if they were to fight when they were both in their primes. Like that would have been a better fight. Like a I'm lot pretty sure fight. the announcers even when they were talking about Canelo's greatness after the fight, they were talking about that fight and they're like, you know, it would be really – Interesting to see, you know, and I think even one said that I think Canelo could have taken in his prime, uh, taken Mayweather at his prime. So I don't know. But Mayweather's definitely not taking that fight against Canelo now. No, he, he has no need to. He has no need to, but he, and he was getting ass whooped. So yeah, because he's fighting fucking Logan Paul. Dude, that's in less than a month. Oh my God. I'm hyped, bro. Did you see, did you see all their press conference shit that went down? For Mayweather no. and Logan Paul, bro. I saw like the, only, and I've only heard about like the whole gotcha hat thing. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is like, dude, Jake Paul's a clown, bro. He did like the whole gotcha hat thing, and like now, um, he literally got banned from the fight. Like Mayweather's team banned him from the event altogether. Like Jake Paul can't even <laughs> come to the arena, and so yeah, well, that's honestly the most beta male bitch things you could ever do is take a hat off another man's head. Dude, yeah, it's like, like, like if doing? I'm somewhere and I don't fight, I haven't gotten a fight since the ninth grade. But if I'm at a bar and somebody takes my hat off my head, I'm swinging a fucking punch. <laughs> like, yeah, because it's like what the fu- it's like instant reaction to just be like, like grab it, you know, grab it back and stuff. Like, it's just something you don't do. You know, Jake Paul, he just has the mentality of a fifth grader, bro. And it's like it was also kind of sad because I don't, I don't love Logan Paul. I don't, you know, I don't want to endorse Logan Paul in any way. But, like, he's definitely matured in a sense because I'm sure you know about all that stuff a while back, like, with him and Japan. Oh, with the whole Japanese – yeah, the whole yeah. Japanese course thing. Like, after all that stuff happened, like, it's it really does seem like he's turned a leaf. Like, he is way more mature and, like, not as rambunctious stuff as he used to be. But, like, Jake Paul is the complete opposite. He's just gotten worse and worse. And so Logan called him after he got banned and was like, dude, they just banned you from the fight. And he was like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck him. And then Logan was like, bro, what about me though? And it was like, it was like honestly kind of sad. Cause it was like Logan's been at every single event for Jake. Like he's always made like videos, like, I'm so proud of my brother. Like he won, like stuff like that. And it's like Jake's like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. I don't need to show up. Like it kind of it's just like, damn. They're all I'm sure they're fine. Everything they do is for views. That's everything that's they do is I for attention. They're just like and they know how to do it. And that's their brand, and they're good at it. And there's a reason why they got to this point. It's because they know what they're doing, and they're really good at it. Dude. They're, like, pretty much the same way as people get mad about the 
Kardashians being billionaires. It's like, well, they knew how to get famous and being rich and famous from doing nothing, and they've capitalized on it time and time again. It's basically what the Paul brothers have been doing. So they, they're so damn good at it, dude. But they're so good at it. It's annoying. Imagine, it makes you mad. Could you imagine if Logan Paul beats Floyd Mayweather? The scenes, the scenes, bro. Oh my god! If that happened, would Logan Paul be the greatest boxer alive? I, Logan I Paul so. should instead have to fight Canelo if he beats Mayweather. Honestly, and would wipe the floor with them. Yeah, well, the thing, the only thing that concerns me is like, you know, of course, technicality wise, Mayweather takes the cake 10 out of 10 times. But, you know, if you look at them standing next to each other, bro, Logan Paul is like a massive behemoth compared to Floyd Mayweather. I don't mean shit. The only thing that gets me is that Floyd Mayweather is, you know, older now and the dude loves McDonald's. So, like, <laughs> he's very vocal about that too. Yeah. So, like, that's that's my only concern is that he's gonna get tired or something just because he's like fuck I'm older but I'm sure he stays in great shape he he's probably one of those guys like uh isn't it Oco is it Ocho Cinco or To that eats McDonald's every day and works out Ocho Cinco yeah so yeah. like Mayweather's probably in that uh, breed of people or just like that you know that build you know where they that get metabolism and everything, everything. yeah there's meant to so, be an athlete yeah. I don't know. I'm again like there's no way Mayweather would have taken this fight if he knows that his uh, undefeated reputation would be ruined. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. So, and plus he's getting a shit ton of money for it, like a lot of yeah. money. <laughs> yeah. In other fight news this weekend, we got UFC 262 coming up. It is not as stacked of a card as some of the most recent ones, but there's still a title fight as Charles Oliveira is taking on Michael Chandler for the lightweight title, which, and there's also, before we get into that, the main event, there's a couple big names on, on the undercard. We have Tony Ferguson fighting, as well as Edson Barboza. And then on the prelim cards, a name to look out for is, we talked about Valentina Shevchenko a lot, um, but her sister, her name is actually really sick. It's Antonina. I hope I'm saying it right, but Antonina, I don't know why, it's kind of a cool name to me. Um, Antonina Shevchenko, who's also a pilot, kind of fun fact, she flies planes in her free time, is climbing the flyweight ranks right now. She's at 12th, and she's fighting in the prelims this weekend. So I think she's going to be a name to look out for in the women's division soon because I guess Shevchenko is just breed fighters. But, yeah, my, my main question, though, about the title fight is Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler. It's the lightweight division. Same division as Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, Justin Gaethje. Like, do do these guys deserve a title shot? That that's my question. Is should this really be the title fight? I mean, if Dana White says so, I trust him. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know too much about. Like I said, like I'm I'm new to being a UFC fanatic, and it's really hard to keep up with all these fighters' names. So like, I'm really only like. I guess six months into my UFC fanship with all the numbered events so far. So like I trust the guy really. So sure. Uh, who else is in it? I mean, Michael Chandler, isn't he the guy who fought and Hooker. he was in the Bellator? Oh, that's yeah. He, he did fight in the Bellator. He like dominated in the Bellator. And he was, oh, so he's the guy who fucking kicked hookers, who kicked the other guy's ass. Yeah. It wasn't even close. Yeah. I remember that. 
So sure, I guess. I mean, he's only this is only his second UFC fight, then, right? Exactly. That's that's my point. Is like, uh, then it's yeah, like his second UFC fight ever, and he's in a title so, fight. And Poirier just beat McGregor. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Like, I think the only reason that they did this title fight is because there's no way McGregor McGregor does not deserve a title shot right now. No. And. I think the only reason they didn't give it to Poirier is because they wanted the big money pay-per-view fight of Poirier versus McGregor three. So as awesome as that's going to be to watch, it would have, you probably nailed it right on the head with that. Yeah. Dust. I think Dustin though, deserved the shot at the championship a lot more, but eh, whatever, it's going to be a good fight. Nonetheless, we'll see. It would be sick though for Michael Chandler personally, you know, come in the UFC and already have a belt like that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I guess you have to take into account his what he's done outside of his UFC career, just his MMA career in general. And if you look at that, then you'd probably say that he deserves to have a title shot. And he did dominate Hooker yeah. in that one fight. Because I remember watching that, and it was just the whole time I was like, oh, shit. And Hooker's cool. good. Like, Dan Hooker's a yeah. good fighter. Dan Hooker's a good fighter. So Because I remember watching that fight and being like, a lot of people had a lot of money on Hooker. I did. I remember somebody put like, yeah. So yeah. like I had like um, sixty bucks on Hooker. Yeah. Oh well. You live and you learn. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be I mean, I'm gonna watch it this weekend anyway, because I love UFC. Can't yeah, get I so, mean like so fun to watch, bro. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, we'll see. That this should be a good fight this weekend. But now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, love it or loathe it. We're going to start off with Elijah throwing me some rapid-fire questions, and then about halfway through, we're going to switch over the order. And basically, if you don't know what this is, we go through recent sports news, sports topics, try to give our opinion. If we love it, we'll talk about it. We loathe it. We just move on. We try to get through these as fast as we can. So, Elijah, I'm ready whenever you are. All right. Wade Miley throws a no-hitter for the Reds versus Indians. Only blemish was a sixth-inning walk. I love it. I don't have too much to say about it because we've talked about a few no-hitters already in the past, but kind of like what we've said, it's always cool to see a no-hitter. It's really hard to do. I'm I'm really curious, though, when we're going to finally see a perfect game because every no-hitter so far has been like one blemish away from a perfect game. So I want to see that. This is kind of – I know this is kind of going against the whole part of the segment, but sparked the debate of should we give a shit about no-hitters anymore? I think so. Big question. I think so. They've just happened so often now, but we—that's topic for another day. Just wanted to pose that question to you. Um, new football league is the works called the Spring League. I loathe it. I it's. I don't. I saw a little bit about it. I don't really know what their format is. If they're going to be anything like the fan-controlled football league, but like, it's just getting to the point where we have we had the American Alliance of Football, the XFL, then we had the fan-controlled football league. It's like, it's great to give football players more opportunity, but when is it going to be enough? <laughs> it's just too much. Yeah. Bring back the XFL. Exactly. Um, Medina Spirit is a fucking cheater, and Bob Baffert has been banned from the Kentucky Derby. So I loathe the fact that Medina Spirit cheated. Well, I guess the horse itself did not cheat, but that the trainers gave it steroids. But I love the fact that Bob Baffert got banned from the Kentucky Derby. He was literally, dude, in his, like, interviews after Medina Spirit got caught, he was like, oh, like, 
I'm so heartbroken. Like, I can't believe this would happen and stuff like that. It's like, bro, what do you mean? It's your fucking horse, dude. Like, you control what goes in it. And he also said that that um, one of the groomers for the horse peed in the horse's tent, like pen thing on the hay. And then the horse ate the hay. And the urine-infected hay is what gave him the performance-enhancing drugs. So it's like, bro, just shut up. Like, fuck Bob Baffert. Moving on. Um, Roy McRoy wins his wins the Wells Fargo Championship or Wells Fargo Open for the third time in his career. I loathe it only because he he can only win this. He, he doesn't do shit, you know. Whenever he's supposed to, like in the Masters, what did he get? He didn't even make the cut. I don't think he didn't make the cut. Yeah, like where was that in the Masters? But uh, good for him. But still, kind of frustrating. Um, Russell Westbrook breaks Oscar Robinson's triple double record and now has 182 career triple doubles. I love it. Russell Westbrook's in a league in in a league of his own. He's a very unique athlete. He's not the greatest of our generation, but he's certainly one of the most special of our generation, and it's he's really fun to watch. Um, number four basketball recruit in the class of 2021, Patrick Baldwin Jr. commits to Milwaukee over numerous powerhouse programs, and his dad coaches at Milwaukee. I love this. I don't remember the last time we saw a huge recruit like this go to a, a no-name school. Because, I mean, Milwaukee, sure, it's a big city in Wisconsin, but, I mean, if we're talking about college basketball, you, we talk about Duke, Kansas, Kentucky. You never – Milwaukee is not one of the programs that's ever mentioned anywhere. So it's cool to see. Existed. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, it's it's really cool to see a big name. I wonder if it's going to last, though, um, you know, because he could just transfer out. So we'll see how that goes. All right, switching over now. I'm going to fire some off of you. First up, we got Deshaun Watson reportedly settling cases and is expected to play this season. Um. I love this, I guess. Um, this has been a roller coaster of emotions with Deshaun Watson and this stuff. Um, so I guess it looks like football is just going to sweep this under the rug um, because it's all civil cases. Um, I don't know. I will say one thing, though, that's really interesting is the guy that represents uh, Watson right now. I read a book for a class, and he represented this uh, big corporation um, that was uh, convicted of fraud, and he represented them, and definitely like was a spinster for this big corporation in this book, and happened in like the early two thousands. Tony Busby, in, um, no, not Busby, uh, Rusty Harden, okay. Watson's guy. That's the guy who was like, representing the the accusers. Okay, gotcha. but Watson's guy represented Enron, this really shady company. Oh, Enron. Board. Yeah, so look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a whole shit show. So yeah, I thought that was, was really interesting because I mean they were. But, well, go ahead, sorry. But anyway, um, Deshaun Watson's probably gonna play football this season. Now it looks like with him settling cases, uh, who knows if it's gonna be with the Texans? He could still probably sit out. Sounds like he's pretty done with the Texans. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Be more more to come with Deshaun Watson, I guess. All right, the Las Vegas Raiders put a nightclub in their end zone. I love this. It's so funny. Um, it's kind of like, it's very, I love that stadiums are doing this to be on brand with their cities. Like Jacksonville has a pool. I think the Arizona Diamondback Stadium has a pool. Yeah, I think do. that's awesome. Um, and having Las Vegas set up a nightclub and then just see 
because and it's going to be stupid expensive for these nightclub seats and just see these old like middle-aged vegas dudes in the nightclubs it's gonna yeah. be really funny like it's not gonna be like mar- like mojitos and stuff oh yeah so that's gonna be that's gonna be good must watch that's gonna be probably the best part of primetime raiders games <laughs> it's just whenever they show the fans in the stands mm-hmm. all right bradley beal beefing with kent Bazemore over social uh, media i love it more twitter fingers with uh nba nba guys quite a bit all right drew robinson hits his first home run in his return to baseball with the giants organization i love this so do you know who drew robinson is i do not know so he was a guy he actually came up with the rangers initially um i actually really enjoyed watching him with the rangers but over um 2020 he tried to kill himself and he shot himself in the head and he lost his right eye Oh, I do know who this is. Yeah. And so, and he, and he is making his comeback with the Giants organization right now. And he's had, a, you know, in his first game back, he had a hit and now he's hit a home run. And this is awesome. Cause like I said, I really enjoyed playing him with him when he was in a short stint with the Rangers and seeing him come back is this, it's just an overall amazing story. Damn. I got, I got goosebumps just hearing that, bro. All yeah. right. Moving on. Green Bay Packers signed Blake Portal. Blake Bortles to a one-year deal. Aaron Rodgers out of out of Green Bay, baby. Bring on the boat. Bring on the boat, baby. Bring the on Bortles the boat. Show. That's all I got to say about this. All right. And last but not least, Carlos Correa whining about Yankees fans. Uh, I love this. Um, Carlos, Correa is, Carlos Correa is such a bitch. Um, <laughs> he's the reason why – who's the guy – I'm blanking on the last year at the Dodgers that gave him the frowny face. Joe um, Kelly. Yeah, Joe Kelly went the on him because uh Carlos Gray was whining again like a bitch. And right before uh the series started, I think a reporter asked him, he's like, Oh, I'm not gonna be phased at all by Yankee Stadium. I'm a beast or whatever. And then he comes and he's like he went like 0 for four and they lost the game. And they're like, What happened? And he was like, I, I don't know. He just started whining and being a bitch about it. And it's just like, dude, you fucking cheated to get your ring. Go fuck yourself. Astros suck. I love it. Carlos Correa is a big whiny bitch. Um, I hope he bats under 200 this year. <laughs> dude, it, I love seeing the Astros still get hate, bro. They don't, they oh, I know. It. They deserve everything. Oh, I know. I'm thinking about when I go to the Rangers game, my Astros buddy, um, just bringing a trash can and just sitting right next to him. Just carrying it? Yeah, just dang, dang, dang. Oh, that's funny. They've been, I've heard they've been, like, banning it because it's been – people have been trying to do that. It's been a thing. I mean, it's pretty dangerous to bring a trash can to a crowd full of people. Yeah, especially just, if you're, one like, drunk high person level. Just yeah, throw that shit. Yeet that into the crowd. I, I mean, I've seen it been yeeted the, onto the playing field. Like from the stands. Oh yeah. Yeah, but never like, dude. Yeah, just imagine throwing it off like the second row and onto the first row. Jesus. Oh yeah. So I don't know. It'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. We're back on our normal schedule Wednesday night, 8 p.m. So yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. And next week we'll be back with some more NBA talk, and we'll also get into the NHL playoffs for the first time we talked about hockey. I think actually. So. That'll be interesting. All right, yeah. See you all next week. Thanks for listening.